The Young and the Monstrous, a story of kids just trying to get out of high school and keep their monsters within. Episode 13, Portals and Private Affairs. Yeah, we had a lot of stuff go on in the last session, and uh, but Lilith was not part of it. And I think that's because Lilith, you have been trapped. Oh shit! You were wa- you were I know, you were warned um, earlier. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw you into the uh, into the deep end, and that'll be an extra funny joke in just a second here. Um, I'm gonna throw you into the deep end and ask you to come up with kind of a lot of this stuff. Um, but could you, um, we're going to say that Lilith, you had learned, if you remember, that there was something about the water that was dangerous. And, um, we had been getting these kind of like warnings about the water and about the, about a lake. And, um, there was, there was something dangerous about it. I'm going to say that you were trapped under this lake, the very same lake that Ashley St. Clair had that big party on for her homecoming party shebang um could you go ahead and make a um I'm almost going to do this kind of as a love letter style thing where you do like oh here's this like let like opportunity for the characters to tell us this stuff about them and the world so but I'm freestyling it a little more than I would have liked uh, could you go ahead and make a dark roll for me? Whatever your dark sure. stat is, go ahead and roll 2d6 plus whatever that dark stat is. Dark roll was a nine, and I have a plus one, so I think that takes me to a ten. That's fantastic. All right, so. Um, I'm going to ask you to describe some of this stuff. Uh, there is a malevolent force that kind of um, that inhabits this lake. There is something that's nasty and old here, and you got too close, and it trapped you. Though it trapped you for, and this actually fits with my lapse of memory of how many sessions you were out for, it trapped you only for a few days, and you were able to get out. And um, so what I'm going to ask you to do is, and this uh, this sucks. Again, I'm throwing you in the deep end here. Of a lake, no less. Um, I can't play in the sandbox, at least not in the deep end. Um, if you could, I, I'm going to ask you, here, here's the deal. We're going to go back and forth with three questions. I'm going to ask you a question, and then I want you to ask me a question um, about this situation, about you getting trapped. So my first question to you is going to be, what were you doing when you ended up getting captured? So I was... I, I was drawn to the lake. Um, I felt like there was a strong magical energy there, and I couldn't figure out if it was another access point to my world. Um, and I was trying to figure that out. And there was something very, very, um, 
almost hypnotizing about about why I was walking that way. I wasn't in a trance, but it was against better judgment for sure. Oh, wow. So you found yourself almost like um, inextricably drawn to this. Exactly. Mm -hmm. To this lake. Um, yes. Yeah. So maybe we see you. And I, I don't mean this as I don't mean this as one of the further questions, but just to do you think this is something that you were like hopped out on a boat on? You were wading out into the lake. I was waiting out. I was specifically waiting out. Like I was just, you know, living my best nature girl life. And um, then it, again, I just felt like a strong energy pull for lack of a better word and um, needed to investigate just based on, um, I had some suspicions of what it may or may not be, but I wanted to confirm it. All right. Okay. So then I will let you ask me a question about this and again all of this is going to go well for you because you did so well on that excellent role so um, like in the end of this it's not going to be like and that's how you're now a quadriplegic and you're in <laughs> hell um and there's once... no and there's and there's no uh ada requirements in hell <laughs> um once i am how do exactly do i get captured sure um i think you're kind of like you're we maybe see we maybe live it we see lilith go out into this lake she's waiting out there she feels something we see her like kind of noticing the wind and noticing the it's a large enough lake where while there aren't waves it's not still water it's a big enough body of water where the wind can kind of pick up enough of it and move it a bit and um, while she's kind camera of camera pan from water level, you know this isn't about to go well. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that is, that is a really good point. Is usually when you see that element in uh, most movies, things are about <laughs> oh, to no. be bad. To Where it's like, poorly. oh, the water, the camera's halfway in the water, huh? Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that's exactly what happens. Is we see that this, this is halfway in the water, but um, this is the lake that, despite its size, it's not deep. It's not okay. this deep lake. Um, have you ever been over to Sanford? Yep. So Lake Monroe, or okay. I forget how the locals say it. They say it like Monroe, um, is the vast majority of that lake is only like five something, six feet deep. Like the only area that's deeper than that is a channel that the like Army Corps of Engineers dug out. So most of it is super shallow and you're I don't know how tall you envision Lilith is, but you're walking like you're not. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, never mind. She's she's already drowned. She's too short. No. Um, but yeah, you're walking through this. Like you're not even really swimming or um, uh, treading water at this point. And yet you feel yourself kind of um, dip for a second. And that dip is almost as if you were, um, you feel that dip as almost as if you were treading water and you stopped and you kind of bobbed down. And then when you catch yourself, you catch the, the lake bed again and you're like, okay. And um, you kind of look around to see what's going on and you feel it again. 
and it's almost as if things are kind of dropping out from below you. And then the third or fourth time when that happens, you feel yourself um, not only have that drop, but the water takes on a different consistency and it no longer supports your body. The buoyancy of water isn't there and it's almost like you're falling. And that happens, that transition happens very quickly where all of a sudden you go from, okay, I'm suddenly like, whoa, I kind of dipped down to I'm falling. And then it feels like you're just straight up. Like through the looking glass style, like straight down the rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to think about it. So that's how I feel that you're captured is you're almost sucked into this. Nothing comes up and grab. There's no tentacle that comes up and grabs you or, or frog men that, that sees you. No, because frogs like me. Right, exactly. Your 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 friend your friend of frog. I am friend of frog. <laughs> All right. So then I'll I'll turn that over to you to ask you another question. Sure. Uh, so our so second question. Um. You were being held in some kind of. Uh, some you were being held somewhere. I was going to say some kind of chamber, but. It's the, my question really is, um, what was the place like where you were being held? Like sure. What was your what was your cell or your prison? So, um, if you've ever seen um, the elf dungeons in the Hobbit series that they're captured in while they're in the forest realm, they're like it's almost like you're in a lot of like very very tall and they're these structures you can't even tell what they are because they're just long and some they could look like the side of a mountain it could look like a bunch of trees but in this case it takes on a very very like turquoise hue where like there's something to suggest that i'm not in the earth realm anymore because when i move in any way shape or form there's like a light shimmer that would be there if you were underwater however there's not any buoyancy that you would have when you are in water, but I'm still within a cell um, and everything just kind of has like a gray bluish tone. And when I peek out of like the window for so to speak, that's all I can really see is just a long hallway where I could pretty much be, I know I'm in nature, but that's pretty much it. Um, And that everything kind of has that almost translucent, um, like, like almost like a fish scale effect when when you do any sort of movement. And also if you try to talk, um, it doesn't allow you to. So do you imagine that you're just kind of trapped in what seems like a fairly natural environment or is there anything that looks more like a cell? It's mo- mostly just natural. It, it's clear that it's a cell, but it's still like in the realm of something that's almost like you know how red, like the Red Rock, is a it's a naturally made concert theater. Versus this is like an, almost like a naturally made cell. Is it my turn to ask a question? It is. Okay, so now, do I interact with anybody or any creature, or any entity while I am there? Yes, and I'm just going to throw things in here, and I'm going to borrow some characters from some other works, um, but I'm pretty sure they are old enough to not be. Uh, to, to be public domain characters as right. some of them are from the 1600s. Um, but yeah. So John there Wick is, is a per- there. 
John Wick. Uh, <laughs> public domain, right? Yeah. They killed you my have... frog. They killed his dog. We yeah. have a lot of vengeance to fight. Darth Vader, John Wick, Garfield, Mickey Mouse, and Bugs Bunny show up. Archetypes. Yeah. And that's the last episode we ever aired. Yeah. <laughs> Bugs Bunny is almost old enough where I feel like if you just went by the start of when he existed, it's he's pushing well, you, it. You can you can definitely do hundred acres hundred acre woods characters. We know that. Oh so yeah. Use those. Yeah, they just entered public. Really? All right. So it's Winnie the Pooh. He's there now. Um, I know some Sherlock Holmes is but not all Sherlock Holmes. Oh, interesting tidbit. Apparently the reason why everyone thinks Sherlock Holmes is a cold, calculating asshole is because the only ones of his stories that are public domain are the ones where he acts like that. And mm-hmm. then there's a bunch where he's not. <laughs> but yeah, they're not so that, like, that's public what, domain. That's that's what I've also heard, and it partially stems from, like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Sir Arthur Conan, uh, Conan Doyle's um, like views on World War One. And like the later stories, he becomes a lot less of an asshole, in yeah. part because of like Conan Doyle's like view of how like things have changed. But those are newer, and they're not as readily like easy to use. I don't know. Anyway, um, but yes. So the person who shows up is, um, you know, this person is also a fae. This person is not a not a human, and um, you can recognize this person as someone you know of as Lord Dagda and Lord Dagda is one of the two fairies who like makes the claim to being like king of king of the fae and that's one of like that's one of the things that, that he asserts though most people don't recognize him so he almost might be considered like a uh, like someone who refers to himself as king in absentia if that makes sense. So, um, and yeah, he is the one who has captured you. I, I don't know if this is part of your question, but yeah, he. so you definitely interact with him and his goal in talking to you, the thing that he tells you specifically is that like, um, that the Fey world has been corrupted and that... The other person, the pretender, he says, uh, Oberon, Oberon the pretender. So again, borrowing another character who is also fairly public domain. Fairly public Oberon. domain. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit, kind of an old character. Um, but Oberon the pretender has um, allowed his pe- allowed too many of our people to break their vows and that they that the realm itself has become corrupt and he's essentially telling you you're going to be needed to make sure that um, other that the other the other fae that have interacted with the mortal realm um, hold true to their vows uh, or but the, like basically, like the Fey world will become inalter, uh, inalterably. Is that the word? Yeah, mm-hmm. inalterably corrupted. Oberon's doing a shitty job, and he kind of dragged you down here to tell you this. Um, 
okay. in a very unpleasant way. No kidding. Mm-hmm. All right. So then my last question for you is going to be that, and again, you get one more question. You rolled a 10, so you get away. You do not have to promise this guy anything. You do not have to give up anything. You get away. How do you get away? Um, I trick him into making me a promise. And it resulted in him having no choice but to give me my freedom back. I think he was trying to keep me there and uh, brainwash me a little bit longer. And I essentially outwitted him. Um, and then he pretty much had to let me go. Um, and yeah, I, uh, basically it was almost like a reverse transport back up. And uh, so, and then by the time I got back to the threshold of where water would be, it was just like, I've been under the water for just looking something down, looking at something down on the ground, it wouldn't have looked anything odd to anybody else. Um, and I think my question for you is, what, what do I do? What is like, how does this change my objectives for my time in the mortal realm? Do I take any of this? Like, does it seem legitimate? Um, or do I just know that this guy is has his own agenda and it's not actually true? It's not actually something to be concerned about that the mortal realm is corrupting the Fey realm? Um, I think that you can tell that there is this bleed or this overlap that's starting to occur. And um, I think, especially if you go and talk with your frog parents afterwards, you can kind of get the understanding that this is not a new conflict. This is a conflict that's existed for a while um, of how, how connected or disconnected these two worlds should be. And mm -hmm. Lord Dagda is much more of the idea that like these things need to have very strict rules and very strict boundaries and has been pushing against um uh, Oberon's ideas of like that being less so and I think Dagda has ended up um, with a lot more creatures that we would dis a lot more like Fae that we would think of as kind of more malevolent mm -hmm. on only because of um, we as humans would see them as malevolent but really it's just a stricture of what they're supposed to do and not supposed to do. And Black so, and white contractual humans are something else separate. Yeah, like it's 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 much less of a like, hey, oh I'm I'm a cool character that you can meet and have a fun uh, adventure with in a Steven Spielberg kind of movie where instead of an alien um, you have a fairy creature, it's instead like, oh, this thing's reasoning and that stuff is much more alien, much more alien, um, because it doesn't operate as a person. So uh, a lot so less Spielberg, a has... lot more Shyamalan. <laughs> I'd say so. Or what's his name? Um, Guillermo del Toro, kind of. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. And, and ending up being like scarier. Uh, everything's Got there's it. always orphans, eyes, 
the Spanish Civil War. What else is always in his movies? Uh, three main ingredients to every fantasy story. Yeah. Well, when, when, when Blair and I went and war. saw, uh, what was it, Nightmare Alley? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is a Guillermo del Toro movie. These are things he always has in his movies. I wonder how many we're going to have. And it's like, okay, Bradley, Scoop, Bradley Cooper's character is basically an orphan. Okay, it takes place during the 30s. And at some point on the radio, they talk about the Spanish Civil War. All right. There's eyeballs that are all over all of the carnival stuff. I'm like, all right, this guy, this guy's three for three. Yeah, um, I love it, but it's yeah, um, but yeah, and so I think when we see you emerge, you emerge from that lake as if you had just dipped down into it. Um, but the thing that like takes a minute is that like a week or two has passed since you went out into that lake. It wasn't the, the mere moments that it seems. And even though you're in exactly the same place when you pop up and you're wearing the same outfit and things look relatively the same, it's been a while. And uh, yeah, I think your your classmates and other peers and other folks had all been like, where was she? On a uh, lake vacation with, uh, mm-hmm. with some distant family members. Eight foot party sub got you down. Foot long hot dogs just plain boring. What about food that's wider than it is long? Hey guys, it's me, Adam Einstein, and join me every day for food wider than it is long on Chote on the Road! Sausage, huh? You know I prefer patties to links. This is where we uh can the tuna. Oh, a tuna can? You know I'm down cool trips and great tips for food that's wider than it is long. These deli's been in my family for seven generations. Huh. Well, when you think about it, a slice of deli meat is the ultimate chode. Ours may not be the longest show, but it sure reaches the widest set of topics. A pepperoni pizza, huh? Yeah, that's it. There's a pepperoni pizza. You got delicious thin crust. Ah, thin crust, so it doesn't rise too high, eh? Yeah, and you got uh, pepperoni slices on there. It's pretty good. Wait a minute. A chode with more chodes on it. This is why I'm on the road. We might not reach the back of every topic, but we sure as heck scrape the sides. I'm Adam Einstein. Join me every Thursday for Chode on the Road. Chode on the Road every Thursday at night on WTA I think we'll move to a smaller scene to kind of rein things in and have it be just much more kind of grounded. And that is going to occur very soon after the events of the last session, almost immediately after. And that's when we have Celine and Ashley St. Clair in Dean Jira's office, and they are writing their statements. And if you remember, um, even though Celine had started that fire in the bathroom, Ashley St. Clair, who witnessed Celine do this, instead told the principal, Principal Mayfield, that no, it was Carol Hamilclar who started it. The two of you are sitting down to write your uh, statements, and there's like forms that are like, what's your name, your student number, what's the date, blah, 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 and then like a bunch of pages where you have to write these things. I think Ashley St. Clair is just sitting there and kind of musing out loud and saying to you, oh, you know, I think 
I think Carol was probably trying to smoke and uh, threw a lit match into the into the garbage can. And of course, that, you know, <sighs> lit a bunch of towels, paper towels on fire. And that's that's what that was. Um, but yeah, she didn't do that on purpose, but she was also smoking on campus while she was doing it. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> anyone could, I mean, just an accident, anyone could have done it, I guess. So, no, yeah, it was sure. an accident while she was breaking the rules, though, and it was a, it was yeah. a bigger deal. Exactly, yeah. And Austin, uh, what was the reason she said she was going to do this? Just that she's like, oh, you can help or something to Celine, right? Is that what she said in the last session? Yeah, she wants. And I, I think that's where she'll she'll get into with this. And she's like, and she'll say, all right, well, and she'll you can tell she's done with what she's saying mm -hmm. or what she's writing down in this in this statement. And she'll say, well, that should uh, make sure that you're in the clear. And the good thing there is, if you're in the clear, you can, uh, well, you can help with whatever happened with Kyle. And Sling kind of narrows her eyes. She's like, well, yeah. I'm always here to help. And then kind of tilts her head like as in it and how? What happened to him? And then to refresh my memory, did, we didn't see Kyle die, right? But we, I mean, there was no other, like we all assume that's what happened, right? The thing we, I, I want to establish in the next scene would be basically that only a very few people are like, here is Kyle's body that we're lowering into this casket and that we're having a burial for. Everyone else is just like, oh, he's definitely in that casket where we're having this funeral for him. And so everyone, you know, it's the it's the belief that he's dead, but only a few people like saw the body. And whether you want to be one of them, I think it's up to you guys. Mm -hmm. And of course, Celine, you know, you're one of the only ones, if not the only one who knows for a fact that he had died once before. I think maybe i can't remember if lauren did as well but very few people knew that right yeah i forget if the if the the breakfast club saw him die specifically or not but it um would it be more interesting if that were the case they were in the um, room i think but you guys I'll, I'll 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 give it to you as you know what i'll i'll clear this up and have her further tip her hand here and mm -hmm. she'll say obviously it wasn't the first time mm, okay but where is he now and don't point me to that cemetery we both know that's bullshit and again Ashley St. Clair is this I'm just gonna be super stupidly uh stereotypical she's like an extremely pretty cheerleader who's very wealthy um yeah so she's that other lady in buffy uh who Cordelia. was actually like yeah who's like 37 when they're all supposed to be 16 
uh, but yeah, or uh, she's like in a, in in a later generation, she'd be played by like uh, Jamie Presley, kind of a character where she's like like wealthy and rich and like kind of a little bit judgy and mean. Mm -hmm. All right. So I said, well, I know I said wealthy and rich, but I meant popular and pretty and rich. Yeah. Yeah. Go. I got you. Um, so yeah, Celine probably is not inclined to trust her so much. So she, she'll say like, Oh, well, I mean, what do you, where do you think he is? <laughs> I guess. I know he's not there. Why don't you just actually answer the question? <laughs> so I can help you. I'm already helping you now. Yeah, why are you helping? Because I want to know this information. And I mean, if you're going to do your thing and uh, do it sloppy where you could get in trouble. I might as well help you make sure that you don't get in trouble, but I'm gonna need to know about Kyle. Well, I don't know where he is, but I might be able to find out. That's good. Why don't you start at the beginning and tell me what you know about Carl, Carl, about Carl. <laughs> yeah, about Carl. Um, why don't you start at the beginning? Existential crisis. Yeah, I know. Carl and Kyle is tough. Um, I only just realized how similar this are. Yeah. Why don't you start at the beginning and tell me about Kyle, where he might be, what you know. I know this wasn't the first time. And heads up, Carol's the kind of person who would know this stuff too. So... The more we can settle all of this and get stuff solved, the better. Because if not, that loudmouth is going to say something. And it would be better if, better if we put a cork in this. But I need to know what's going on to help you. How do I? Like, how do you know? How do, how do you two know any of that? Just think of me as a keen observer of human behavior, whether that's uh, behavior. What's that supposed to mean? I can't tell. Are you trying to pull? Uh, are you trying to, to do some kind of move with that, or are you uh, just? I might be. I think I might be trying to shut her down. I don't know that, or if you need more for that. Huh? Give me a lean into that harder. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so she might. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll focus on that. Just like, what human behavior? Are you, you some kind of like inhuman? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like every psychiatrist and psychologist, a completely inhuman alien race who's observing other people. What are you talking about? I don't know. You're the one who's saying I'll disappeared or came back or whatever and i don't even know what what you're even trying to say like are you writing are you like making my like a documentary or something like god can i just finish my statement like thanks a lot for the help but i don't need like all these questions that helps contingent you know okay C contingent on what like just me uh 
telling you where Kyle died. What do you actually know about Kyle? If you give me this information, maybe I can make sure folks like Carol don't do anything or say anything that might be trouble for you or me or Kyle. Why do you have su such a sudden interest in me? You've never talked to me in my entire life. Which may or may not be true. <laughs> she might be exaggerating. Yeah. See, one one of the funny things is I feel like I've had I had in high school, I tried to have that kind of interaction with somebody where it's like, you're a popular kid. You've never blah blah blah. And the girl was just like, What are you talking about? And I realized, like, oh shit, all of those kind of categories and stratifications are just these fictions that exist in TV shows. And I was like, oh, I'm an asshole. <laughs> but this is a TV show. So you haven't ever spoken ever at any point. Ha. Um, yeah. So she says, well, sometimes people change. Yeah, she's, uh, I feel very wary about any of this so um okay yeah um yeah let me know if i if i end up triggering show someone down but i think she's saying it she'll say uh well all right i guess you just decide to to realize i exist when you need something from me so why don't you just tell me what you need you just want to know how i know kyle that's it tell and then you'll stop asking all these questions about me and threatening, like saying this, uh, Carol's going to go after me or something. If you can use magic, Celine, you're not this obtuse. I know you're young, but that doesn't mean you're an idiot. Tell me what you know about Kyle. Where is he? What happened? Don't just point me to that graveyard. I know there's nothing in that casket. What are you saying? If you if you say, oh, I know about magic, and she just rolls her eyes. Um, like, how do you, why do you think that? What do you mean? If you think I'm so stupid, why do you think I would just trust you blindly? Celine, your usefulness is, your usefulness compared to your level of how irritating you are is, really running out. Oh, sorry I'm not as gullible as any everyone else you're trying to convert to your cheerleader squad. You're right. This was probably this was probably a waste of time. Yeah, maybe you could have uh given me anything to work on, but sure. Just say okay. And um She'll so you stand up. None of that's shutting her down, right? Still, no. You think? No. All right, <laughs> man. You're you're a hard hard guy to shut down. No, I I just don't All think right. how this is how this is going narratively. It uh, works yeah. out. Um, um, yeah. So I'm I'm not trying to uh, hold, hold on. This. Um, well, hold on. <laughs> good. I'm trying not. I'm not trying to uh, actually shut this story down. I was trying to go toward this move, mm -hmm. but um, yeah. I'm kind of thinking she. So to peel back the 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 curtain a little bit, I feel. If a popular kid was talking to you like a nerd, it would be uh, very, uh, she wouldn't be very forthcoming with this unless uh, something happened, you know? So I was trying mm -hmm. to maybe do the shut someone down to um, to do that. Or I don't know if there's a mechanical way or 
don't know. What do you think? Go ahead. I don't. I don't want this to like end the scene. Like, well, you suck then. No, it's you it's know? not going to. Go ahead and make the roll, but I'm gonna probably change up some of the stuff. Okay. Well, with do you, it. Um, you think one of the other ones would work better, perhaps? Oh, this could be like a keep your cool, maybe, because I'm, I'm afraid that she's uh, like it's all like, like a farce, like she's making fun of Celine, maybe. Would that be better? I don't want this. Um, that would be better for the narrative, but I want to give you some information here. Mm-hmm. So on a 10 up, keep your cool and gain insight. Yes, keep your cool actually works because you will gain some insight. Okay. So yeah, so what what is what is your fear again? Because that's how this works in this game, and it's kind of a pain. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love that though. Um, I think the the real fear is that she, um, well, Ashley is uh, kind of messing with her. Like, just is just a popular kid, and she's using this to kind of make fun of her or something. Mm-hmm. Like she she just doesn't trust her yet. Does that work? So she fears that she's going to be like humiliated by this more popular girl. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. Let's go with that. So that's a cold. So that is eight. Minus one is seven. All right. You got a seven. On a seven to nine, the MC will tell you how your actions would lead leave you vulnerable, and you can choose to back down or go through with it. Hmm. Of course, the seven to nine. <laughs> where it will be more difficult. Uh, Ashley kind of stands up and she looks over her statement that she's written. And um, you see that Officer Perez is at the door. And mm-hmm. Ashley just says, you and I both went into that uh, went into that bathroom. And then there was a fire. Now you were also at the library when there was a fire. there at detention when Kyle died. Now all the school has to do is just pull those security tapes and this will get answered pretty quickly as to who's the person who's very connected to these things and how Carol isn't there. If I get in trouble, and she doesn't say that, she says if Ashley gets in trouble, that doesn't matter. But if you do, I assume it matters to you. So, you can cooperate and give us whatever information that we need. Or, you could see things start to narrow for yourself. Until really, your usefulness here disappears. And then, well, no one wants a player on their team who isn't useful, now do they? Whether it's, uh, and she looks down at herself, a cheer squad or, well, some kind of coven. Those people are just expendable and nuisances. So, don't worry about this. Don't worry about this popular girl. She's not going to tell anybody about how, how nerdy or whatever you are. But if you're not willing to cooperate that's going to be a bigger problem. I'm going to say that this is when you realize, and I'm just going to give this information to you to kind of push Mm -hmm. things along here. This isn't Ashley St. Clair. 
Okay. So, so yeah, looks exactly like her, moves physically like her, but you're like, uh oh, this isn't this person. Okay. So, yeah, and this this way this could, if if you want, maybe end the scene. But she's like, uh, maybe she looks, she eyes over at um, Perez, Officer Perez over there, and then back back to her, and she's like, all right, uh, fine, yeah, I'll I'll tell you what I know about Kyle. Sure, I'll tell you everything. But first, who are you? Who are you really? So I'll make this deal with you. You have to tell her absolutely everything you know, and she will give you this information. She will tell you who yeah. she is. Yeah, I think she does. And she'll just say, let's say, I think, like, we have the, uh, what is it, North by Northwest, uh, like, standing in front of the spinning propeller telling this information kind of yeah. a thing. Um where we see you kind of talking and officer well, officer Perez looking in as you're kind of like talking and describing this stuff to Ashley St. Clair. I think Ash, we see Ashley St. Clair when as like nod as you're finishing up this, this story, she takes something out of like a, like a little pocket of hers, whether it's like a little purse that she has with her, or that she has like tucked into like part of like uh, like the waistband of a skirt or something like that, um, and very clearly you can see it is uh, a deck of tarot cards, and you can tell she is someone who works for Ransom Morgan House, and she kind of looks says that, and uh, as you walk out, um, you see like you walk out past Officer Perez, and Officer Perez will tell you like. Like, watch yourself. She can just rolls her eyes. Thanks for the advice. The Young and the Monstrous, a Monster Hearts actual play podcast from This American Dice. The Young and the Monstrous is Carl as Kyle the Ghoul, David as Celine the Witch, Eduardo as Everett the Ghost, Lauren as Lilith the Fae, Kate as Emily the Mortal, and Austin is your Game Master. Cover art is by Blair. Monster Hearts is a game by Avery Adler. The Young and the Monstrous airs here on This American Dice every Thursday, so don't forget to check us out each week. Rate, review, like, subscribe. Check out our Facebook group, The Whole Nine Yards, and let us know what you think. Every five-star review on iTunes will read on the air. Our intro and outro music, of course, is Deep State by Vans in Japan. Additional music for this episode included Gamala by Ease Jammy Jams, Sad Songs Part 1, Bells by Fake Cats Project. Water Park Radio Ad by Freedom Trail Studio, and Analog Cabin by Noir et Blanc V. Now go Lumberjacks!